Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of Life Behind Bars is sponsored by Jefferson's Bourbon. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wonder. How are you, Dave? I'm very well. Yourself? I am well. I am excited for this month. Um, <laughs> it is unusual. I think uh, you know, in the last couple of months, the, there's such little to look forward to, but I am super excited because September is National Bourbon heritage month by god we need um we need this i think <laughs> yeah we do we need history and we we need bourbon absolutely <laughs> history you know is one form of escape and uh, bourbon is the other one and if you can combine them i mean uh please take me home <laughs> exactly you know i think every day you or i get a press release about it being donut day or you oh know oh my god uh, yeah ginger ale day or, you know, uh, chocolate syrup day. I mean, there's a day for everything, <laughs> right? Um, and not, I mean, look, uh, some of those things are definitely deserving of their own day, believe me. Yeah, I, would, I, I, mean, would, I would happily celebrate chocolate syrup day, but uh, do we need a whole day? I don't know. I don't know. I'm waiting for National Batavia Arak Day. <laughs> I think you'll have a long time. National uh, Portuguese Rum Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you never know. National Bourbon Heritage Month, you know, was actually you know, created before all this kind of crazy day stuff, you know, blew up, you know, it was, it was created in 2007 and not just by somebody, you know, on the internet who was like, Oh, uh-huh. this would be a great day to like, you know, this, let's call this month like bourbon month. No, it was actually done by a congressional resolution. So wait, so I mean, Congress actually did something. <laughs> Congress actually <laughs> did something. This was a bipartisan effort. If you can imagine what? this, no, is, those things don't happen. This is one of the few things that it seemingly our Congress could agree upon is well, you okay. Know, bourbon. Is bourbon, you know, I mean, at least we have bourbon. And, and at least we have bourbon. At least we have bourbon. And in 2007, they were able to pass this resolution declaring September National Bourbon Heritage Month. Was this resolution supposed to be just for 2007 or for perpetuity? I don't know. And it's not clear from the text, but I don't care. Like, yeah. I think, um, I Any think excuse, it, really. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and it's also, you know, you know, we went from, you know, for a long time, people not really caring about American whiskey at all, right? I mean, it was right. just, it was such a dark time for whiskey drinkers in America. And then, you know, we went from, you know, nobody really caring to suddenly giant whiskey boom in America. And now we kind of take it a, for yeah. granted again. And and I think it's sort of important because this holiday sort of reminds us that like, look, we should honor and respect what we have and be grateful that we do live in a country that has such a wonderful, you know, history yeah. of whiskey making. And obviously there's, it's you know, a that was, traditional. Yeah. 
that that has ahead. a I was going to say that has a a small asterisk given the argument about whether you know rye or bourbon is you know truly America's native spirit, but maybe we'll say that for another episode. Um, yeah, or you know we might touch on it, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean. I, I think it's amazing that you know uh, uh, bourbon in, in in America has survived as a really traditional and tightly defined traditional product. You know there are very few things like that stay the same in America. I mean, look what look what we did to tacos. <laughs> you know, look at look what we did to chalupas. I mean. There's no flavor blasted bourbon though. There's no, uh, you know, we don't have green apple bourbon like the, you know, you can get like green apple Canadian whiskey. We don't, you, you don't have that here. Right, and and it's not because we have better taste. It's just because you can't. I mean, like the yeah. laws codifying, thankfully, bourbon are very very specific. Like what yeah. the federal government allows you to call bourbon is a very small box, and that has really kept. You know, there have been changes. That. You know, obviously. There are, you know, changes to still designs or, you know, Mm -hmm. the grain may taste different, you know, corn may taste different over the years or different types of yeast or whatever it is. But for the most part, what we're talking about are fairly small changes comparatively to other industries or other products where you have wholesale changes where, you know, it's unrecognizable 100 years ago. If you you taste a 100-year-old bourbon, as as I know we both have done occasionally, not often enough, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know... Holding out on me, Dave. I want more of it. Yeah, I wish. But, I mean, it it is immediately recognizable as the same stuff. I mean, I think that's a miracle. You are drinking history, and at its best, National Bourbon Heritage Month is about that. There's there's a, a lot of heritage and a lot of history, and we could use more focus on it, frankly, because a lot of it is still poorly understood and yeah. uh, and needs more research and needs more uh, you know popularizing. We spend a lot of our time you know kind of going down different rabbit holes, looking mm-hmm. for definitive proof where the name bourbon comes from, for instance, you know, or I mean, even yeah, even that is yeah. is controversial. <laughs> I mean, and, there are a lot of theories. Yeah, and a lot of theories and a lot of, you know, people who are certain of their theories, but, you know, no definitive proof just yet. And every time, you know, I think you or I, you know, dig into newspaper archives or different types of archives, mm-hmm. I always find something that I didn't really think about or discover something I didn't know about bourbon. So there's still a ton to learn, even though yeah. it's, you know, our you know, one of our most popular spirits in America and obviously one of our most, you know, widely available spirits. Um, I mean, it is sort of, you know, it is America's national spirit in a way, although more people, truth be told, are drinking cheap vodka than are drinking bourbon. Yes. But uh, <laughs> bourbon is, is is catching up again. It is. You know, it got dethroned in, in, the, in, this, in the 1970s. And it's, yeah. at least it's on, it's on the mend. Uh, yeah, 1970, and, I think, is the, the high watermark for people drinking American whiskey in America, right? And in the next 30 yeah. years, it's kind of downhill. And fortunately, we're coming back. And I think, you know, we, we've seen a lot of interesting innovations and brands and, you know, just really like mm-hmm. a, an enthusiasm and a, knowledge and a demand that uh, you know has, you know most of us have not really seen before yeah and it, you know it's it's kind of funny because uh, i i'm i've always been a rye person as a native of western pennsylvania in part and just i don't know there's something about the sharpness of rye that appeals to me and it is the older spirit un- undoubtedly i mean you hear about rye uh 
recognizable rye whiskey going back to the seven, uh, 1750s and 60s. And, and uh, bourbon, you don't really, you don't re- even hear the words bourbon whiskey until like the 1810s, 1820s, really. Yeah. But at the same time, I really do think that bourbon is, deserves to be the national spirit in a way that rye, you know, it, it, it rye is just a, it's a little too unaccommodating sometimes. And uh, I think bourbon is just such an inclusive spirit, you know. Uh, yeah. It, it's a sipping spirit and a mixing spirit. Uh, rye can be a sipping spirit, but we usually mix with it, you know. Uh, I mean, if you get a re- very good old rye, it's, it's, it's got its, uh, it's definitely sippable. But, but it's always a little more austere and challenging. And bourbon is just like such a welcoming spirit, you know, well, and it's it, a, it's a perfect, you know, ambassador for America. Right? Yeah. You know, it's the perfect spirit. It's friendly. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, we could all aspire to such characteristics as, as bourbon. It's sophisticated, but at the same time, it's, Approachable. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah, it can be mellow and, and, and smooth. It can be, uh, it, it's, it's, it's never at least, uh, you know, uh, once it's properly aged, I'm not going to talk about some of the, uh, the the young whiskeys that were on the market when uh, the, the uh, micro distilleries were starting, but uh, you know once it's once it's properly aged, it's just I've never had a harsh one. You know, they're, yeah, they're, it true. doesn't do that. It ages up pretty quickly, much more quickly than rye. Once it's aged, it's 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 ready. You know, yeah. which I love. We have a special guest today to talk about National Bourbon Heritage Month. Our friend Trey Zoller from Jefferson's Bourbon. As a matter of fact, here he is. Nice to to chat with you again. Absolutely. It's been, it's been too long. No doubt about it. Uh, two of my favorite people to see when I used to go to the city. I want to go back and see what that's all about, about visiting folks. Uh, we're looking forward to that. You know, <laughs> it's uh, everybody's kind of in, hunkered down in their silo, you know, uh, around the country now. But uh, I, I can't wait till we're seeing people. Yeah. Well, wait, Dave. Dave and I were just saying that we're excited for this month for National Bourbon Bourbon Heritage Month. You know, I think more so than maybe even in years past. Since it's something to look forward to, and and obviously we've been enjoying a lot of bourbon recently. How do you and and Jeffersons normally celebrate the month? You know, one of the most, I guess, the most fun part for it for me, or the best part about it, is it's kind of bourbon pilgrimage month as people are making the pilgrimages from all over the country or all over the world to come visit Kentucky specifically during national bourbon heritage month. So it's one time that I don't have to go out and go visit folks. They come to us and that's, that's a hell of a lot of fun. And, you know, we get trade people, industry people, you know, just enthusiasts all around. Uh, and th- there's always something going on. There's always events, whether it's a festival mm-hmm. or it's just a, a great time to get people together that have an enthusiasm for bourbon. And that's what's great about it. It also coincides with probably my favorite month in Kentucky, the heat. You know, the, the heat and humidity typically breaks about that time. You want to be outside. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great time to entertain people. For me, it used to be, it's an exciting time for me, or it has been for the last 22 years that I've been in the industry because 
back in the old days, from the time that the Kentucky Derby was run until college football kicked off, it was crickets in the industry. You couldn't give away bourbon during the summer. We used to get our orders from distributors on fax machines, and that fax machine would collect dust all summer long until September hit, (laughs) and then the the orders would start coming in. So that's when I knew I got to eat again. How times have changed. I imagine that fax machine would, you know, if we had them, would be smoking, you know, as the orders came. Yeah, right. Oh right. It's a totally different atmosphere, <laughs> that's for sure. You're feeding paper into that thing by the truckload. <laughs> it is funny because, it, it, you know, we used to talk about like kind of like the calendar, right, of spirits where people wanted, you know, the brown spirits during cold months and the white spirits during the hot months. And, you know, uh, God knows there are plenty of stories that have been written about that. I might have written some of them, but I think that's gone out the window. Like, I don't think that exists anymore. I mean, that is totally, you know, people are drinking, you know, they're drinking margaritas year round. They're drinking bourbon year round. It's like mm-hmm. all bets are off. We don't slow down any longer. I mean, did we get some spikes around the holiday time and maybe around Derby, but it's just, it's constant now, which is fantastic. Yeah, we've got America's uh, mixologists in part to thank for that is, uh, you know, people finally learned to mix a good drink again and, and right. you can make bourbon into anything, really. I, I was drinking a bourbon punch last night that was perfectly summery that, that I made for some friends. Yes, yeah, so it works out fine. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I do credit the mixologist quite a bit for that. It really did open up and show people that you can drink it in different ways. Growing up, yeah, going to a cocktail party in the summer, here, you know, there were a lot of gin and tonics and things like that, but bourbon and water on ice was a very, very common drink that you don't see really anymore. Yeah, I guess a, a Kentucky toddy, I guess that would be called. <laughs> right, Kentucky tea. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a perfectly, perfectly delightful drink. I mean, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's gotten replaced a little bit sometimes, right. by, a little too much by people getting a little too crazy. But, uh, you know. With that drink also came the highball, right? Where, you know, forever people were mixing whiskey with club soda, seltzer. And, you know, that that drink disappears. And, you know, obviously the Japanese have, you know, continued to mm-hmm. do it. And it's almost like people had to, you know, forget about it in America and go to like Tokyo to enjoy them and then bring them back here, you know, in this kind of crazy cyclical cycle of trends where, you know, now it seems trendy and, and you know, cutting edge. It's like <laughs> nothing it's not more something that people should have forgotten about. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think Dave and I always talk about drinking in back in the day in old man bars because those were the ones that had the whiskey, you know, and that's yeah. what you'd get. You know, you'd get a you'd get a plastic cup with, you know, bourbon and some ice and some club soda and, and, you know, a red little stir straw. And that was it. That was, that was the drink, you know, and it's, it's just funny that that's now kind of cutting edge and, you know, trendy. And, uh, I mean, it's wonderful. I, I don't want to, make, I don't want to make too much fun because that's, I love having them, especially in the summer. So uh, everybody enjoys them. Going back to my youth. That's, uh, that's what most of the drinks look like. Kind of realizing how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> For you, is there, you know, do you switch into like a September drink or is it just kind of uh, what you drink year round? You know, I am, I am pretty, uh, pretty much stay in my lane as far as 
Yeah, I drink bourbon on the rocks pretty much most of the time. Mm. And so very, very basic on that. I'm with you on that. And, you know, I've written like five cocktail books or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's, that's my favorite way to drink bourbon. Bur- bourbon is made for ice. You know, we, we, we had ice. Americans were using ice in their drinks even right when bourbon was invented. They, they, they grew up together. They go together more more than any other spirit, you know. Bourbon and bourbon and ice is just a, an absolutely beautiful combination. It's funny. I get uh, I've been bourbon shamed a few places actually, Dave. Uh, in your neck of the woods, I was at a bar, oh, probably a year ago, and ordered a Jefferson's Ocean on the rocks. And this was actually at a barbecue joint in Brooklyn, and the bartender uh-huh. wouldn't serve it to me on the rocks. And he said, "What? what? Oh, what? oh, come on." <laughs> Uh, but, it, but it was aged on the water. <laughs> That's the whole thing, right? You right. strap the barrels onto a boat. I mean, yeah. depending yeah. upon the weather, it may be icy out in the you know the ocean. Yeah, the Tasman Sea or the North Sea. Yeah, I agree. They're soulmates. <laughs> it's it's like rum and wine, you know, bourbon and ice. Right. But that's also where we come. I mean, like you have like yeah. a, a barbecue place that has it has a snooty drink program. Right. And an excellent selection of whiskey, right? Right. I mean, that's not a, that's not an easy bottle to get, right? I mean, that's you no. know, like they're, you know, and they're and they're also snooty about it, which is just it's so perfectly 2019. Right? <laughs> uh, there's a lot there, but uh, you know, I, well, I was gonna say, I mean, some of your you know, you have a, a obviously you have a number of different um bourbons and they're all like flavor profiles are so different, like you see them fitting in different drinks or is it basically i mean obviously ice works with everything but are ones more yeah i think some are more suitable for certain drinks um and different uh, drinking occasions uh I, I tell you what that that's really when i took i it, it's more transitioning from one of our brands to another um with the seasons because like mm-hmm. right now i'm drinking a lot of our Jefferson's Reserve Pritchard Hill cast finish, which is finished in uh, Cabernet barrels from Chapelet Winery that you know, gives a lot of black cherry and chocolate flavors to it. So mm-hmm. it kind of bevels the, the the edges off it, so to speak. So I, it's that's kind of my favorite go-to summertime whiskey. Our rum cast finish kind of has a little sweeter taste to it, too. That seems more summery to me. Our Jefferson's very small batch because we put a very small char on the majority of those barrels that allows some secondary flavors to come through. So a lot of citrus comes through. And I like that. I do like old-fashioned. Sometimes I will like those too much. the, oh, you got to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That can be a rough next day with a hangover. Cool. <laughs> so, well, I mean, what's not to like? I mean, sugar, water, and bourbon. Right. Exactly. So that gets me worse than bourbon on the rocks because that sugar will, will creep up the next day. But so you you know you tend to splash a lot of bourbon into one of those things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And it does make it go down real easy. Real yeah. easy just popped up in my mind when we were talking about it earlier about ice and going with bourbon. I was at a friend of mine's birthday party a couple years ago. He turned 50 years old. He's from Kentucky, lives out in Colorado. He had his birthday party in Nashville and about half the people were from Kentucky. Half the people were from Colorado. We went to a great restaurant. Everybody ordered a bourbon. 
everybody from Kentucky ordered it on the rocks and everybody from Colorado ordered it neat. Oh, that's funny. Wow. And I thought that well, was really interesting. Up there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, but this was in the summer in Nashville. Yeah, fair enough. Right. That's really interesting. I thought it was. And I think that's because most of those people from Colorado had been introduced to bourbon somewhat recently, you know, let's say in the yeah. last 10 yeah. years. And I think they have been taught to drink it that way. Well, we were talking about this before you came on that. Part of the reason why we have a Bourbon Heritage Month was that, you know, forever, like people kind of forgot that, like, what a wonderful whiskey we make in America, right? Or we kind of forgot about yeah. it, you know, its importance in history. And, you know, people, you know, never treated it as, as you know, as a, a legacy or keepsake. And now, I, I you know, that, that way it's, we've almost gone the other way where people are afraid, uh, you know, you hear a lot of like, they don't want to ruin it by adding ice or water. <laughs> Right. Anything to the bird, like right. you know, something's going to happen. Like it's going to explode. Like if you add ice to, you know, a, a fine bottle of bourbon. But, uh, That's what I used to say when I started in the industry in the '90s. It was you know, bourbon was looked at the ugly stepchild. It was, right. you know, it was in a thirty-year decline. People were, yeah, you know, not holding it in high regard. So it's, you know, totally flip-flopped. I mean, you come from obviously a family, you know, that's really into the history of bourbon and, and looking at it. Why do you think it captured your interest and your father's interest so much? You know, I kind of a combination of things. One, um, my dad and his brother, my uncle, were just obsessed with Kentucky history. Uh, my uncle actually had the largest library on Kentucky history for years. Oh, amazing. Dave and I will be visiting your uncle. (laughs) (laughs) He's got some incredible books uh, and and he had some specialties that uh, are really interesting. Um, And his library is still somewhat intact and uh, fun to go through. But uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. It wasn't really, and you know, growing up in Kentucky, it's just, man, as I said, you go to a cocktail party in the summer, a bourbon and water was a very common drink. At my grandmother's house, she cooked with almost nothing. Everything she cooked with was with bourbon. And so it wasn't until I left Kentucky that I realized how much, you know, I, I was kind of missing what bourbon, you know, being a part of my life and thinking, oh, wait a second, not everybody drinks bourbon like we do. And um, so there was, I, I thought, even though it's a 30 year de- decline, it wasn't the smartest thing in the world. It'd be like getting into the paper magazine business right now. You know, it's like, right. Don't remind them. <laughs> right. well, I mean, hopefully in 30 years, it will be flirting magazines <laughs> yeah, flourishing <laughs> like bourbon. Right. I mean, One never I, knows. I, I, I hope you are right about this. So, uh, (laughs) so so actually how I got into it is my dad, he was on a Delta flight and on the back of a magazine, he read that he could buy a barrel of Bushmills, um, Irish whiskey in 1993 and they'd hold on to it until the year 2000 It turned 25 years old. 
he and five of his friends went in and bought the barrel. And that was way before there were single barrel programs. Right, right. And I thought, man, that's awfully cool. They went to Bush Mills and visited the barrel and thought it was the greatest thing. Yeah. I was like, well, there's only eight distilleries in Kentucky. We knew somebody involved with most, most of them. Let's go talk to them and see if they'll buy bourbon and sell us bourbon. Yeah, and they were they were like, "You want to buy some old bourbon? Sure, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, well, we'll have it for you today at four o'clock. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, there's a big future in bourbon. You should get in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was leaving that you know, kind of made me think. Well, nobody really notice what, what great product we have here and there wasn't mm -hmm. there was no diversity i mean you had jim beam wild turkey uh, maybe maker's mark and that was really about all you could find out yeah. there while the, the decline was terrible overall for the industry i mean it, the only silver lining is that it sort of reset everything where people you know, traditionally you had rye drinkers like in the Northeast or the Mid-Atlantic and you had bourbon drinkers in the South or the frontier or the, you know, the out West. And, you know, that kind of all went away when we sort of forgot thanks to prohibition and then the sort of decline, you know, in the seventies, eighties and nineties, like essentially everything we knew about whiskey that like when it came back, it was kind of like we had cleared everything. So it was like almost able to sort of Reestablish it as a I mean, cer certainly in the big cities. Yeah, right. You know, certainly in the east that was true in the big cities. Uh, I mean, I, I I know in the south there was parts of the south people were still uh, pretty you know uh, committed to bourbon, but that wasn't a big population center. Right. Oh man, I used to when we first came out. I you know go to my friend's house. They'd have parties or yeah basically couch surfing mm -hmm. as I was trying to get distribution and you know, they'd have people over I'd bring them bottles it'd be the last thing open and right. today right. it's typically the first thing gone <laughs> I mean you know in a way I think the, the heritage is, is is what what got it over actually in a big way is once you know, people were starting to look for things that that weren't just marketing mm -hmm. <laughs> you know because uh, after decades of, of, of drinking vodka and, and white rum that basically uh, need marketing because they don't taste like all that much. And that's a fine thing. You know, that I'm not I'm not dissing them for that. That's not what they're made for. But uh, you've got something that actually has a tradition behind it and a, it's made to taste like something. And, and uh, it's got a story behind it. So you, that isn't based on just an ad campaign it's like there's an actual history and it follows in a tradition and and people were really uh, have been looking for that for for a long time and for it to so uh, i mean it's funny the heritage much month is, is is in 2007 is almost like right when things started to break well for bourbon yeah it really is and it kind of legitimizes it and it gives yeah. it that kind of like Oh, like, why should I buy this? Oh, because it's like uh, America's native spirit, whether or not you believe yeah. that. But like, that's like, that's, that's the easy answer for a bartender, somebody, you know, in a liquor store or your friend to say to you, mm -hmm. wait, you're drinking bourbon? Why are you drinking bourbon? Well, this is what we make here. Didn't you know that? Like, we made it the same way for, you know, easily a hundred years. Right. And, and more than that. You think this year, because obviously so much of the country will be at home, like, you know, 
that, that we'll see, you know, people celebrating National Bourbon Heritage Month like differently this year in 2020? Well, I think it will be differently because it, it typically will be at home. Um, that being said, you know, it, it, we've, you know, your, your better bourbons have fared very well during this time, obviously not at uh, the bars and restaurants, but from a retail standpoint. And the one thing that I've almost enjoyed about this time, um, I have enjoyed it. I, I call it the, the great pause. And it's it allowed me as well as a lot of other people to kind of step back from kind of the, the rat race that you're caught up in and sit back and appreciate those people specifically, but also things that you really enjoy and that what you put on a pedestal as something that, that really means something to you. I've seen it over at my house. Of course, a lot of people know that I have a lot of bourbon here. We've had a lot of bourbon and talked about bourbon. And I think that, I think that will resonate, um, especially with everything going on right now. Uh, that yeah, one thing, as you said, it, it is America's spirit, and it's something that you know, people can agree on. All right, this is something that it's good for everybody. Yeah, even if we can't agree on anything else, at least right. we can agree on it. <laughs> right. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we'll always <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that that's a fine plan for this fall to, you know, socially distance with friends if possible and enjoy a nice glass of bourbon on the rocks with a little bit of water and a cocktail, however you want it neat for that bartender in your <laughs> barbecue spot, however, however, however you want it, like, you know, just, you know, spend, spend an evening, you know, um, socially distant, enjoying the drink, you know, the September one night or, or, or once a week or, you know, yeah, yeah. At once, once a day. Be thankful. Yeah. And, and, you know, think about, you know, uh, there's a lot to delve in there. So uh, I think there's more than enough for, uh, <laughs> for an evening, let alone a whole month. Right. right. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Trey. We'll uh, raise a glass uh, this September uh, to uh, Bourbon Heritage. You got it. And we've got the distillery open, so just in a, in case you're able to escape New York or wherever you are, come on down and uh, and see us out here. We're doing tours, and they're very, very distant, uh, you know, well thought out and uh, separated. So I think we've got it down pretty safely. Don't dare us. I, come I know, on. Up there. I dare you. We might show up on your back patio too. <laughs> come know. on, come on. Uh, not that, not that we're in need of bourbon, but you and, know, you, know you, you can put a nice cube in mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's I'll bring the, we'll bring the ice. We'll bring the club soda. You know. yeah. Perfect. I'll bring the little plastic straws. The little round. Right. <laughs> you got it. Like, you might be banished for that one. These. This <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, well, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you over uh, bourbon soon. Sounds like a deal. Dave, Noah, great talking to you guys. Hope to see you soon. You too. You got it. Cheers. Take care. Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 